Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, the final show of 2023, Sunday, December 31st. It is otherwise known as New Year's Eve. Ian Cameron and the returning Alex B. Smith back from Chicago, back in St. Paul, back in Minnesota, and back on the Ice Guys show. Alex, how is the return home to Chicago? How's mom? How is Christmas? How's all the, how is all the family gathering at Christmas time? Yeah, Chicago was fantastic. The weather was nice. It was like in the 50s for Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, so you can't ask for anything more than that. We got rain instead of snow. So I know other people weren't happy. They wanted a white Christmas, but when you have to travel and move around a lot, a little bit of rain and some warm weather was perfectly nice. So that was great. Mom's doing well. She was so, so close. We were talking about it before we went on air, hitting the uh, bargain bin play on her birthday uh, with Nick Foligno. And and so the funny story, obviously we didn't get to talk about it, but I just asked my mom, you know, we were watching the games while I was in town. And I said, Mom, look at the lineup. I said, do you think anybody here, you know, pick somebody here you think is going to score? She went Connor Bedard. Naturally, she pick him every game. <laughs> and then Nick Foligno. So I didn't mention anything about him moving up the line or what the price was or anything. I just asked just, just for straight names. And she gave me Nick Foligno. So we rolled with that at plus 400. And on that tying goal in that Chicago-Dallas game, he was right there in front of the net. He was in front of the net most of the night. So it was uh, a great play by Mom. Unfortunately, didn't cash. But uh, – a lot of fun to have with that. Just a lot of fun all over. I got my Conor Bedard jersey finally for Christmas as well. So it was a, a wonderful time had by all in the Windy City. And uh, glad to be back here in St. Paul and uh, getting ready for 2024. Yeah, we absolutely are uh, getting ready. And we've got a, uh, a chance to uh, say goodbye to 2023 with nine games in the NHL here for New Year's Eve on this Sunday. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we will recap Saturday's action. I appreciate those comments, Russell. I do, Ian. You nailed it last night, but uh, you do have to calm down with that just a little bit. I nailed it with the props last night. Sides and totals were a disaster, unfortunately. It was a rough night for me with sides and totals. Uh, one of the worst nights of the season for me with those, honestly. Uh, other than the draw with uh, Washington and Nashville uh, coming through, that was that's actually saved things a little bit. And because it's such a big plus, what, 340, 350 with that, that really helped. That minimized the damage with the uh, sides and the totals. But I was frustrated that, you know, with the Carolina game, I figured it was a Carolina would win. And I didn't do money line. I went with just team total. And, of course, three and a half, they only score three. Uh, so that was disappointing. And then, yeah, like I said side totals weren't great. And then I have to watch the L.A. Kings blow a 2 nothing lead and lose. And once that got to a shootout, I'm like, we're done. Good luck trying to beat Edmonton in a shootout. That's going to be tough most nights with what they can throw out there. So but that was a great hockey game, even though it was tough to see the Kings ticket go down the drain there uh, in that one. Uh, that's why those playoff revenge scenarios, they're not automatic victories anymore. And I know that was the first time the Kings yeah. played the Oilers since that playoff series, but I thought the price was cheap with LA. I still thought LA was the better team. And they, I thought in the second, first period, they were outstanding, but They'll kind of let Edmonton back into that game. And actually, I thought Edmonton played an outstanding game uh, in the second and the third period. They, they had the puck more than the Kings did. Uh, there's no question about that. And this is becoming a thing now for L.A. Edmonton has got their number, regular season, playoffs. And, you know, you're going to have to hope like hell right now if you're the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers that you don't get 
or if you're the LA Kings, that you, Edmonton somehow they've dug themselves too big of a hole to get back into the playoffs, which I'm not so sure about anymore because they're 13 and two now in their last 15 games. Yeah. Yet they're still what seven or eight points out of the final playoff spot, which means that is how bad the start was for Edmonton. They've left themselves still so big of a hole to overcome, but man, they've got the potential to put runs like this together and maybe get themselves back into it. But that's the thing. They can't let up. They've got to keep piling up the wins because there's still so much more work to do for them. But credit to them. They come back and they beat the Kings last night, 3-2 in a shootout. But uh, what else do we see? We start early in the day. It was Winnipeg, Minnesota, who will actually play the second half of their home and home today in Minnesota in an afternoon game. Winnipeg got the 4-2 win uh, yesterday. What a great heavyweight scrap in that game, too, with Middleton and Dillon uh, in that game. It was a really good fight uh, between those two guys in that game. Nice win for the Jets. Kind of a bounce-back spot for them uh, after losing to Chicago on that brilliant Connor Bedard goal uh, earlier in the week. So a 4-2 win for the Jets there. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, another reason why the sides and totals were tough for me is because I trusted the Buffalo Sabres once again. Uh, first period puck line, no good, uh, but they do end up winning that game 3-2 uh, in overtime against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, a team that's not great on a back-to-back and you need overtime to beat them at home and, and uh, just get by after they embarrassed you when they played you in Buffalo a few weeks ago. Not a good sign for the Sabres, and we will get to them later in the show because they're also in action today on a back-to-back against the uh, Ottawa Senators. Boston, 5-2 win against New Jersey. Man, the Devils had a great chance in that game, and then it just imploded on them. And this is I've had enough with Vitek Vanacek. I've had enough with the goaltending situation for New Jersey. He's not NHL caliber. Sorry, you don't have NHL caliber goalie on this goalies on this hockey team right now. Uh, you certainly don't with Vitek Vanacek. And Akira Schmidt's now bouncing around in the American Hockey League now uh, at this point in time. So there's real issue right now with the most important position in the sport for a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations this year, the New Jersey Devils. Not to mention the blue line is still making mistakes with the puck, breaking down left and right. Not what you want to see. That was just a ugly end of the second period and it's what changed the game completely it's why they lost the game they had a 10 minute brutal lapse of defense and goaltending uh in the final 10 minutes of that period uh and all of a sudden boston's winning going away five to two last night against the uh, devils however the highlight of that game for me was the bargain bin special of the night one of the better ones we've hit all year luke hughes plus 750 you keep riding Luke Hughes right now. That's three straight games with a goal for him. They're not pricing him adequately. You know, I know he's a defenseman. Defensemen to score a goal are always going to be better prices than forwards, but he can't be plus 750. He just can't. He scored in three straight games. He's shooting the puck a lot more. He's being more aggressive offensively, which we talked about yesterday. So it was a great snag there with the bargain bin special for me on Luke Hughes there. Very disappointing for Montreal. I thought it was a great spot, potential trap spot for Florida after beating Vegas, Tampa, and uh, the Rangers uh, on uh, back-to-back-to-back games. Um, but sure enough, look, um, Montreal not, not didn't capitalize enough. Stolarz was pretty good. i got to give him his credit, too. Really solid performance from him. Uh, stymied Montreal other than one Cole Caulfield goal and the Panthers get a nice four to one win. That's an impressive win to me for Florida because that was one of those classic trap spots that looked like coming from a mile away and they avoided the trap and they still had their eyes on the prize, the focus to take care of business against still what is an inferior team. Uh, and they were able to with that four to one win 
uh, last night. Uh, what else did we see? We saw Pittsburgh 4-2 against St. Louis. The Drew Bannister magic is starting to wear off a little bit. That's two losses in a row for the Blues. Um, so we'll have to uh, see how that goes. Uh, but, um, yeah, St. Louis kind of coming back down to earth. How about the New York Rangers? Gosh, what a nice uh, win that was last night. 5-1 to one against Tampa Bay. Artemi Panarin cannot be stopped. What has he got now? 47, 48 points on the season. Uh, just incredible. Way more than a point-per-game uh, clip for him. Hattrick last night. Uh, and as John Massey, we were talking a little bit in our DM, talking about Shesterkin. Shesterkin's looking like he's getting his form back again. He's seeing the puck better. He's yes. on his angles. You know, he seems like his his you know his fundamentals of goaltending. You know that he that his foundation is coming back. Like he's not swimming in the net anymore. He's not all over the place. He's very quiet. That's what Jamie McLennan on TSN always says. Very quiet. Uh, in the net. That's what you want to see from your goaltender, not moving around too much. He looks like he's getting back to his top form again. Uh, it's been a nice little run of starts. He's strung together, you know, multiple good starts in a row in net for the Rangers. So that's good to see Igor Shesterkin start to get it back. Uh, Carolina 3-2 against Toronto. I thought it was a pretty good effort from the Leafs. They outplayed the Hurricanes at time, but at times, but Pyotr Kochekov was amazing last night. He was excellent. That was one of his best games of the entire season, bar none. And that's why it's enough with Carolina going to the old age senior citizens home with their goaltending. Knock it off with Anderson. He ain't coming back anytime soon. Anyway, he's on IR. Knock it off with Ronta. He stinks right now. He's been absolutely brutal lately. It's time to rock and roll with Pyotr Kochekov and give him the number one gig right now for this hockey team. Simple yes. as that. Whether it's Waddell making the call or Rod Brindamore making the call, it's time. Because he's earned it. He's your future. It ain't Aranta. Okay, that's not your future. This kid is Pyotr Kochekov. And he plays with some emotion. He plays with some passion. He's willing to throw down every now and then. He's got a little burr in his saddle, too. He's got a little he's got a little competitive spirit and a little competitive nasty streak in him. I like that from my goaltender. So uh Kochekov, a uh, great win last night for him. Great performance. 3-2 for uh, Carolina uh, in that one. Nashville with a 3-2 win in a shootout as they bounce back. Draw caches for me there, which was good to see. And we already talked about the uh, Oilers and the Kings. Alex, any thoughts from you on the uh, massive slate we saw on Saturday? Yeah, I mostly caught highlights last night because I was traveling and, and bouncing around. I did catch the early part of that Carolina-Toronto game, saw the Michael Bunting goal, uh, which, I mean, that just made total sense going back to his old team and just been on, on a hot run right now. So I, I did catch part of that. But going back to what you said and, and with that contest with Piotr Kachekov, he played outstanding. And like you said, they have to stop screwing around at this point. Like I said, we, we questioned it at the beginning of the year. Why even bother bringing back these two older injured goaltenders in Ronta and Anderson? And now they've found themselves out. And we said this in the, in the preview that more than likely we could count on Anderson and Ronta at some point being hurt and out and Kochekov finally showing his worth. And that's what we what we got last night. That's the I think this may be the coming of age uh, start for Kochekov, even though he's looked great the entire time in the AHL, the spots that he's had for the majority of the time. Uh, being called up, he's looked solid. So he said, Carolina, if they want to, if they're serious about making a deep playoff run, then yeah, you have to commit to Kachekov now. And, and I would make it public, you know, make it known that this, he's our number one goal. Like I said, even even if if there's confusion amongst who's making the call because we've heard different things. Like I said, it's Waddell, it's it's upper management. Rod Brendamore should just take the the reins right now and just say, you know what, I'm riding Kachekov until he either he's hurt or or he's fatigued 
And if he does that, then that's going to settle everybody down in-house and, and then, like I said, get that team moving forward in the right direction because they need solid goaltending. Like I said, when you're looking at, you know, New York, that division, the Rangers getting Shesterkin and having Quick, you look at New Jersey, a team that you thought would you'd be battling for in the Metro, they're having issues with goaltending. So you can't screw around. Put yourself in, in New York's position, not New Jersey's position. And the way you do that is by starting by saying, Chekhov's our guy moving forward and, and not have any more circulations or, or, or anything of that nature. I agree with that. Like I said, it's it's time. Uh, and um, he was just reaffirmed that last night with a very good performance. And as for Toronto, they, do, they have a very – Interesting road trip. They're going to California uh, after last night's game. They play L.A. on Tuesday, uh, Anaheim on Wednesday, and then I believe San Jose on Saturday. So they do the California three-game road trip coming up. They have a decision to make. We know Martin Jones is going on the trip with the team, but who else is joining him? Do you go? Do you do you keep Samson off here, even though he's totally shattered right now and totally lost his confidence? Or do you call up this young Swede goaltender, Swedish goaltender from the Marlies, who's killing it down there right now, Dennis Hildeby? They call him Hildebeest because that's his nickname because he's been playing so well uh, down there. And does he join Martin Jones as the second goalie for the Leafs on that road trip? So that's the decision I think you're going to hear the next couple days here over the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day because they've got some time. They don't start till two. They probably won't travel out there till tomorrow, but – I guess in the next 24 hours, we'll hear. Will Samsonov stay with the team despite his massive struggles? Or will he be sent down to the AHL, try to get his game back there at that level? And do they call up Hildeby, who is have put, posting some outstanding numbers with the Marlies this year? So interesting decision being made. And that's been the, uh, that's been the uh, talking point here the last little bit. What do they do? Is Samsonov joining the team on this road trip coming up? be fascinating. Yeah. It's a big question. I'm looking at Hildeby's numbers. He's, he had a, a couple of shutouts uh, early in the year and, like I said, decent numbers, but I don't know if that's the guy you want to rely on. I mean, look at what Toronto, you know, Toronto, of course, we know that, you know, for, you know, first round of the playoffs isn't enough. They got to go second, third round. They're, they're looking for a cup. You've yeah. got to make a move at some point and get, you know, a better goaltender than what you have right now. Like I said, Samson lost confidence in shot. We know Martin Jones is due to, to regress at some point. And, and do you really want to rely on another youngster after doing this with jo Joseph Wall last year, you know, in a, in a second half season run, playoff run? I think that's a bad look. I think if you're you're uh, Toronto, you need to make a move fast. And if it means even moving somebody, uh, a big name that, that you would want to keep around for the playoffs, so be it, because you're going to need the goaltender. I don't care. We know what Matthews and Marner and that top six group will do in, in the playoffs. And, and, and sometimes they won't show up. You're going to need a goaltender to steal you games. You're going to need a goaltender that can steal you a series. They don't have that right now in Toronto, so they got to make a move, and I think they need to do it fast. You can't even wait for the deadline. That's something you need to do in the next two weeks probably. I think so. I think it's come to the. It's time to open the conversation to getting a, going out and getting a goalie at this point. It's just Samsonov at the moment can't be banked on. He certainly can't bank on Martin Jones. He can bank on the five-hole being open sometimes with him, like last night, two of the goals Absolutely. being five-hole. Uh, including and my, that's another great prop cash for all of us. We we were all on it with Michael Bunting in his return to Toronto uh, with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last night. He scored the first goal of the game, so that was another nice uh, prop cash. But yeah, big decisions to be made uh, and important ones for Toronto with their goaltending. All right, we've got New Year's Eve Sunday NHL slate to break down. Let's get into it. We will start with well, it's where we started yesterday with these same two teams. The only difference is the location. Location, location, location. Uh, it was in Winnipeg yesterday. Uh, we were back to St. Paul, Minnesota today. 
for the rematch. Jets and Wild. Winnipeg minus 115 road favorites. Six the total here in this game. Uh, I've certainly leaned to Winnipeg yesterday. Didn't pull the trigger. Um, I certainly took the draw. That didn't hit. I'd probably just flip it this time. And if I were to look at this game, I'd probably lean wild and probably still lean to the draw a little bit here. Because if you look still at Minnesota, they're playing close games. It was a close game yesterday, 4-2. It's not like uh, Winnipeg uh, ran away. Minnesota got back into it uh, in that game. And if you look at Minnesota here at home, uh, they've been winning close games. Boston, uh, they've been involved in a lot of close ones, in fact. The only one that really got away was the Detroit game when Reimer was in net. We know Reimer's been struggling lately other than that they've been in one close game after another four of the last eight minnesota games have gone past regulation so i'm probably going to sprinkle on the draw one more time today there's other there's another draw or two on this card that i like more uh, but i'll still lean a little bit to the draw here in this one and lean minnesota as well from a side perspective as far as the props go the props in the game yesterday were very good to me nino need a rider uh, against his old team uh for winnipeg and he had a huge day ryan hartman we talked about him on the show. He's a streaky player when it comes to scoring goals, and he's on the streak right now. That's four straight games, I believe, with a goal for Ryan Hartman. I say you go back and run it back with those two for sure, Niederreiter and um, Hartman for goal props in this game. And the other ones I'd consider, Perfetti uh, on Winnipeg, probably look toward Boldy again for Minnesota, who continues to be just uh, on a complete uh, red-hot streak right now, and maybe Rossi as well. So, uh Good prop game this was for me yesterday. I'd probably run it back with a lot of those same players I bet yesterday. What do you think here in this one, Alex, to get the uh, party started? Winnipeg, Minnesota. So it's interesting. You mentioned about how the game started yesterday. It was a, a early afternoon game in Winnipeg, but the team didn't get here in St. Paul until late last night. It was like around ten or eleven. So something to kind of keep in mind that they didn't just completely, you know, flip around and, and settle in a little bit here. They, you know, kind of taking this more of a business like approach because they got the one game here, then they fly right back home and get ready for uh, Tampa on Tuesday. So that being said, I kind of lean with the draw here as well. I could see where this is just kind of just like I said, maybe a rinse and repeat. I like the first period over. That did cash yesterday with the Jets getting a couple of goals. But I also like both teams to score here. That didn't cash yesterday. Like I said, with the Wild being back at home, we always know the Wild play better at home. And that's been the case this year like it has been for several years. So I'll go both teams to score in the first period plus 160. Uh, you can lay a dollar twenty-five right now, which I did do. Uh, on the first period over. I wouldn't wait. You you could wait if you're watching the game and try to grab plus money, but it's not necessary. And, and I could kind of see where maybe day start, back-to-back day starts, you could see a goal kind of in the first couple of minutes. So I wouldn't I wouldn't screw around. I'd go grab that 125 right now. And I would take a small shot with a draw. It's not my favorite draw play on the board, but uh, that's something we've seen a lot with wild day games at home. We've seen a lot of close battles and a lot of games that have gone uh, past regulation. So at plus, I'm seeing plus 330, uh, three at Caesars, plus 350, I think it's available at FanDuel. I would take a small shot with draw. Uh, yeah, and as far as, uh, yeah, this uh, game, uh, there's definitely some truth to that. And as far as in uh, Minnesota, Minnesota's done a nice job against Winnipeg. But Winnipeg did win their last trip here to Minnesota, though, 3-1 to one, uh, back in uh, April last year. Yeah, for me, I don't want either side I think definitely I would lean Minnesota, but I still think Winnipeg's a better hockey team. I just do, and I don't want to step in front of them at a price like this. So it's for and, me just to sprinkle on the draw on those props I mentioned. And be careful with the over. I know it's yeah. six for the full game, and I know I think we could see scoring early, but don't just say, oh, Laurent Brossois, Marc-Andre Fleury in net for these two teams today. We're going to see goals. Brossois has been very good in his last three starts. He's a capable goaltender. Fleury still has some gas left in his tank. 
but I, I agree. If I look at this over, I'd prefer the early part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I was looking back to uh, the with the draw history. The draw history is a little bit more prevalent. Two of the last five home meetings uh, have gone uh, past regulation in, in this series. So two of the last five meetings of St. Paul have gone past regulation, or they've been one. Like three of five. Yeah, three of five have been one uh, decided by one goal. Twenty-one nine and four. Uh, for the Jets, and you're right, great, ac- excellent point by Mike uh, in the uh, chat about the, the Kyle Connor's been out this whole time, and, and here's the uh, Winnipeg Jets still rolling along nicely, uh, playing some really good hockey. Even the g- loss they had to Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks uh, early in the week, you know, to be honest, that was more just Chicago and Morozik in particular, because Winnipeg yes. could have that. It's definitely carried the play against Chicago, but uh, Morozik had a really good game. Uh, and Chicago, uh, pretty good defensive effort, but no, they've been great at Winnipeg. No question about that. Wait till they get Kyle Connor back. No doubt could get even better for them uh, at that point. All right, Boston, Detroit. We've got uh, the Bruins minus 135 road favorites, six the total shaded to the over. Uh, it is a angry group in Detroit right now based on the events of that football game last night with the Lions. I thought they got robbed, uh, but that's another story. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings bounced back. They beat Nashville. How about that? 5-4 uh, in overtime on Friday. It was Alex Lyons' return uh, in net. Uh, and to be quite honest with you, I thought it was one of those situations where it was actually an upgrade from what they had before with James Reimer because James Reimer had really been struggling uh, in between the pipes. Now, Reimer wasn't great in his first start back. Definitely not one of his better starts, but he had been out for a while. He's probably going to gain more rhythm and a little bit more comfort in between the pipes as he gets more ice time, more games under his belt. So I'd expect him to probably be a little bit better here than he was uh, on Friday night. Uh, On the flip side, Boston has bounced back. The holiday break was obviously a hit-the-reset-button type of holiday break for Boston because they didn't play well going into the Christmas break, but they come out of the break going 2-0, beating Buffalo and New Jersey. Of course, last night, that win against the Devils, as we talked about, it was just a, a deluge all of a sudden of goals in the second period to really give Boston separation uh, from the New Jersey Devils in that game. But you are talking about now a tough spot here for the Bruins. It's back-to-back after being at home, going to Detroit. And think about the start time, too. 5 p.m. Eastern. That's actually a less than 24-hour turnaround you know, for this Bruins team from playing New Jersey uh, last night. And look, we've been through this song and dance before with talking about the Boston Bruins when they play in Detroit. It's been a bit of a haunted house for them, quite honestly. If you actually look at it, Detroit's played this Bruins team very well. They've won three of the last four meetings. Detroit has won three straight games here at the Pizza Box at Little Caesars Arena when hosting Boston, including a game earlier this year, 5-4. Then in the rematch, where I, I don't think I bet that game, but I know a lot of people like Boston on November 24th in the rematch because Detroit beat them at home earlier in the month. And Detroit went to Boston and won 5-2 to two, uh, in that game and played a really good one. So this, to me, is a little bit of a – I talked about – it didn't work out yesterday for me with the trap spot, talking about um, Montreal against Florida. But this kind of has that same feel to it here for Boston. I think this is a bit of a dangerous game for them here against a Red Wings team that's looking to put a, a streak together uh, and, and stay in the mix here as far as the uh, wild card is concerned in the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to take a small shot here with both Detroit first period and full game uh, money line here, plus 115 in this game. Uh, It's just not been a good place for Boston. I mean, they have just not fared well in the Motor City uh, in recent years. So I do think the Red Wings have a shot here uh, in this game. Swayman should be in net for the Bruins. It's expected 
Uh, we expect him because it was all Mark last night. Alex Lyon, of course, confirmed for Detroit. And uh, there are some props I'll mention in just a moment. But first, Alex, what do you think Bruins Red Wings? Yeah, I like this first beard open. This is one you can wait and grab at plus money uh, in game. I'd be waiting to grab maybe plus a dollar five or even a dollar ten. So wait about three or four minutes in, and then I think we'll see the goals open up. Like I said, uh, you know, Detroit's been a kind of a house of horrors for the for the Bruins. And there's some teams that no matter what, no matter how good or bad in a given season they are, they just go to a place and just don't play as well. So. Uh, that seems like that could be one of the cases, like I said, with the earlier start here as well, kind of a wonky start with some of these midday, mid-evening starts. We could see uh, maybe some sloppier play early in the contest. So, like, first period over, I might dabble a little smaller on both teams to score, but I'm definitely going to be waiting and grabbing uh, plus money in-game on the first period over here. Staying away from the full game total. A lot of full games, like I said, with these overs, you got to be really careful. We haven't been seeing the holiday rush like we normally have. Usually when we talk about – heading into Thanksgiving, heading into Christmas, heading into New Year's. We usually see a lot of high-scoring games. That hasn't been the case so far. So treading lightly with some of these totals and probably waiting for a lot of these overs in-game. You know what? I'm actually going to – I'm actually going to – probably will sprinkle on that first period over. I'm going to go in on the full game over as well. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it's actually surprisingly with these two teams, three of the last four have gone over in the full game. Uh, six of the last ten have gone over in the full game. And in Detroit specifically – the last three games were between these teams in Detroit, 5-4, 5-3, and 5-3. All of them Detroit victories. So and if, so it's Detroit and over, really, in all in each of the last three head-to-head meetings here in Detroit between these two teams. So um, I'm going to go with that, too, over six here. Uh, Alex likes the first period over. I do like Morgan Geeky again. As long as he stays on that top-line center spot, I think he's, it's great value. I'm going to give a shot, too. To jo- he didn't score last night, but second game now, maybe he's a little bit more comfortable. Georgie uh, Merkulov, who Jimmy Murphy mentioned on Friday's show, uh, getting that opportunity called up from Providence from the uh, Bruins there at the AHL level. who's ripping it up, so we'll see how it goes. And then, of course, for Detroit, I mean, they have to start and end with Patrick Kane and Alex it. I mean, that that tandem is just absolutely rolling right now for them. Make no mistake about it. And it's really been them carrying the load for them offensively. You know, you haven't seen much from Perron since he's been back. Lucas Raymond's been a hit or miss. Robbie Fabry now has been more down in the lineup, bottom six, and he's cooled off. So really it has been the Patrick Kane out, uh, Pat and the Cat. That's what I'll call them. Pat and the Cat show uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, lately. So uh, I would certainly focus on those two players as far as Red Wing props in this one. All right, Buffalo, Ottawa. We got the Sens, minus 150, home favorite, seven uh, being the uh, total in this game. Um, Ottawa let me down Friday night, um, but I'm going to come back to the well with them here uh, against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo off a win. You know what that means. You can't trust them the next game, and obviously they beat Columbus 3-2 in overtime yesterday. Uh, I'll take Ottawa, and I'm going to lay the buck 50. I don't like doing that often. But I'm going to do that here. I'm just going to lay the buck 50. I'd have to worry about overtime or a shootout. Uh, if they win an overtime or a shootout, I'll cash the ticket. Uh, it's right on that, you know, that cutoff point for me. I don't lay more than minus 150, uh, but I will here in this game. Uh, bad game against New Jersey, um, but I'm willing to forgive them. They had won two in a row before that against the Penguins and the Leafs. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back here. They have the rest advantage. Uh, I do think I've seen semblances of better play from them. Again, 60 minutes of that consistent effort is still what they're striving for. Uh, Corpus Allo expected to be in net for Ottawa, not confirmed. He was absolutely terrific 
against Toronto. I remember when they came back and beat the Leafs, one of his better performances of the year. We should see Devin Levi for Buffalo. It was Uko Pekalukin and Annette last night in the win against uh, Columbus. So it sounds like we'll, we'll see Levi here in this game. So Ottawa bit. I'll look for a live over, but I'm going to wait till we get you know something better than seven. Uh, this could be a both teams to score in the first period as well. And as for props, um, Drake Batherson for Ottawa. You got to go with him. He is just tearing it up right now. For, he's the red, the absolute most red hot player up front right now for Ottawa. No doubt. Drake Batherson's been rolling. And you know who we're going to go back to the well with on the Buffalo side. He scored one of their goals yesterday, and he's really been picking it up offensively. You not see nothing like the mighty Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn, we're going back to the well here. Uh, that's Manford Man for those of you that are wondering what that song was. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an old one, Mighty Quinn. That's going back in the day with that karaoke bit. Uh, but yeah, Jack Quinn, he's been uh, very good for the Sabers team. He has a great shot, a great release. I think people knew that when he started the season out with that Achilles injury, it was a big blow to the Sabers. He was someone that was really starting to come into his own down the stretch of last year. He's been back, Alex, for five games. He's already got three goals and three goals in the last four games for Jack Quinn. And you can still get terrific prices. Like I was able to get uh, close to plus 300 for him uh, to score a goal yesterday uh, in that game against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Today against Ottawa, Jack Quinn is out there at plus 340. Uh, at FanDuel uh, in this game. So more great value as far as Quinn tonight, or this actually I should say, is I think it's an afternoon game. Yeah, it's like an evening game, early evening, 6 p.m. Eastern. So consider it tonight for Jack Quinn. Uh, Stutzel has actually, you know, been uh, a little bit quiet lately, but he's been doing more of his damage, Mike, at home. So I wouldn't argue with Stutzel. I find he does more of his scoring at home than he does uh, on the road. So I don't mind that look at all either. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Buffalo, Ottawa. So I'm I'm looking at this kind of serious history. We've seen a lot of unders, but I've noticed in the second and third periods we've been seeing a ton of goals. In the last two meetings, you had uh, in the second period four goals, and then you had another four goals in the third period. Meeting and I remember one of game, those recently came back to cash the full game over with that late late game explosion of goals. Yeah, yeah right. That, that that game went over. The game before, which pushed on seven three two in the second period, and then one goal in the third. Uh, going back a couple more years, seeing, you know, two goals, three goals, two goals in, in the second and third period. So this is one I'm definitely going to be waiting for that number to come down on. I think we could, you know, probably get around, going to get some goals early. So the way that we're going to kind of play this is looking for second team, both uh, second period, both teams to score, waiting for that in game. And then looking at that time for maybe something uh, early first couple minutes of second period, looking for an over at that spot. Now, obviously, if this game gets out of hand in the first. This is all completely scrapped as far as full game total goes. But the thing I'm targeting here is both teams to score in the second period. I don't want to side. I'm not laying 150. I'll, I'll be rooting for you, Ian. But uh, definitely can't back Buffalo in any sort of way. It would be Ottawa or nothing. But I don't trust Ottawa in regulation. So I understand why you're laying 150. It makes total sense. But I'm just going to be targeting that both teams to score in the second period. And probably won't have too much else. Like I said, maybe a full game over if this kind of starts a little slower than expected. And we see that seven turn into a six or a five. You get a five and a half in the first period. I'm jumping on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you grab that. Yeah. But but we're targeting second period and beyond kind of with this with this uh, end game. That actually might be the best approach is just, you know, sit it out for the first period, see how it starts yeah. out. Uh, and then if you get are able to like get a one nothing period and you get a five and a half at some point, that's when you bet it. Because you're right, this history of second and third periods being more goals head to head with these two teams, it's pretty pronounced. It's pretty uh, clearly evident 
from what we've seen in uh, recent meetings. So definitely a good point. Um, yeah, I, I got to correct you there, uh, Greg, uh, with the comment. He's been, Quinn's been quiet. Yeah, but he, he's been he's been he's been scoring. He's been scoring. And he, look, Greg, Greg's a great commenter. I always see him commenting on our YouTube videos. He's clearly as uh, more jacked than I will ever be. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you look at based on the profile pic, yeah, uh, right. put me to shame. But nevertheless, uh, when you look at the uh, Jack Quinn, he's been good, Greg. He's been good. He's actually not been quiet. Three goals in the last four games for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, absolutely been in uh, good form uh, of late. So uh, as far as that goes, uh, that's, a, that's partially why we're betting this prop again today. Uh, because he's been uh, producing and, and doing it at a very uh, rapid clip here for the uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, of late. So uh, no question about that, Jack Quinn. We're going back to the well there with props there. And like I said, we expect Levi Corpusalo uh, to be the uh, goaltending matchup here in this game. All right, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got the uh, Penguins here. That's pretty much actually even money here. Minus 110 both sides. Uh, it actually opened with the Penguins a slight home favorite, but there's been money coming in on the Islanders. and. Based on the situationals, I can kind of understand why uh, the total six here in this game, clearly we know what the situationals are. I mean, the teams just played, what, five days ago, six days ago, and it was the uh, Islanders getting embarrassed on home ice by the Pittsburgh Penguins, seven to nothing. And the fact that they play the Penguins again, not even a week later, it's ripe and fresh in their minds, you know, that they got absolutely just humbled destroyed humiliated embarrassed by the penguins earlier this week you got to believe there's absolutely focus intensity right from the puck drop here tonight for this uh, new york islanders team uh, in this game and they have the rest advantage too you talk about the islanders played uh, friday night in a win against washington five to one and they showed in that game how pissed they were about losing to pittsburgh seven nothing because that was their first game since that drubbing to the Penguins, and they and they just basically beat down uh, the Capitals 5-1 uh, in that game. So this is just like what I did with the um, Detroit game earlier. I'm going to go Islanders first period, Islanders full game uh, in this one. I'm going to do a, a double up here. Uh, not a double up in terms of units, but a split bet. I mean, Islanders first period, Islanders full game. I expect, obviously, this team to want to atone for what happened earlier this week. I still don't fully trust the Penguins. I know they had a nice 4-2 win against St. Louis, their second win in a row, uh, after uh, and they won their previous game. And I know they beat the Islanders badly, 7-0 uh, earlier this week. Keep in mind, though, before that 7-0 win for Pittsburgh, the Islanders had beaten the Penguins four straight times. So, you know, in the series history, the Islanders had done well, and then all of a sudden Pittsburgh gets that 7-0 win. And look, there's things to like about Pittsburgh. The power play is starting to hit and on all cylinders again. The power play has been great lately uh, for Pittsburgh after that brutal stretch where they went almost over 40. You know, they have scored a power play goal now in six of their last eight games. So the power play has been better. They're getting some solid enough goaltending. They've picked things up defensively. They've held three of their last 14 opponents to two goals or less. But I think this is wrong place, wrong time, wrong opponent, wrong time. The Islanders are going to want to answer the bell for that uh, debacle against the Penguins earlier in the week, and I think they will. They've got the rest advantage. And it's Sorokin and Net, the guy that was in net the night of that 7 nothing shellacking. So you got to believe he's going to want to play better. Back-to-back -back for Pittsburgh. Jari last night, we assume Alex Nedeljkovic uh, is going to get the start here tonight for Pittsburgh. So I would say uh, angry Sorokin probably gives the Islanders a goaltending advantage here in this game. So Islanders first period, full game. I am off a draw on the Islanders for the first time in ages. For the first time in ages, 
I am not betting a New York Islanders draw because I have a feeling this is Islanders putting their foot down. They win 4-1, 4-2, something like that. Uh, that's what I, And I think Sorokin really dials it in after because he was in net. And they and Lane Lambert left him in net for most of those goals too. Like even when those goals were coming in bunches, he kept him in the game through that time. So, yeah, Islanders spot for me all the way here. What do you think, Alex? Islanders, Penguins. Yeah, it's a it's a beer bet on the draw only because it's one it's the Islanders, but also yeah, I guess I'll, I'll throw yeah like a couple bucks. Yeah, sure, yeah, I will. It, it, yeah. and I was on it in the seven nothing game, and I, you know once I knew that thing was dead in the water, but I said you know they play it in a couple of days, and that seems like it could be because here's the thing: the Islanders when they're controlling things, they want that kind of style, that that back and forth kind of close battle. So that's the thing about the whole draw island thing is it's not so much just oh they're just find themselves into yeah there were a couple of fluky overtimes that hit you know the comebacks and different things of that nature but when they're playing their game at the style that they want to it's usually a three two four three kind of a close battle anyway so you know in this being a game where we think the islanders are going to you know dictate the pace and tempo early it seems like okay well it makes sense to have something on the draw because if they're playing the style they want this game probably ends like i said islanders four three maybe five three but like I said, Penguins are playing well enough to where they could, you know, still draw this and make this a, a competitive battle. So a little bit on the draw, but what I like a little bit more, and you have to shop around because it's a pick'em game. And I'm looking. The only place I'm seeing this right now is points bet, and there's a couple other shops. But I want the first period puck line laying the half a goal with the Islanders. And that's why I say you have to shop around because a lot of books, even though like I said we've seen the lines, most of them have the Islanders as a, as the favorite within the puck line parameters. And so that's something you have to really kind of look out for. So if the alternative find, puck line is what you're looking for on that. Right. Yep. So an alternative first, first period puck line. So as I'm saying you have to shop around because you might have to look in the alternative uh, menu. But if you're looking at a points better somewhere where they have the Islanders favorite, then that should just be in your regular menu. So that's kind of what, what I'm getting at. So laying the half a goal in the first period with the Islanders. Uh, and I got to confirm and look for a plus 185 is the price I'm seeing. Uh, with some of those. So I do think the Owls come out early and, and, and hot. I don't like the first period over necessarily. Cause like I said, if the Owls are playing the style they want, they probably want to get out of that period with a one, nothing uh, lead. Like I said, Sorokin definitely going to be looking to play uh, with some, some fire and some grit after like I said, getting left uh, hung out to dry against this team. And uh, this could be one of those kind of close tighter games. So maybe some in-game looks as well, but the only thing I have pregame is Islanders first period puck line. Laying the half a goal, so just search around. You either have to look in your alternative menu or your regular menu, depending on both. All right, so first period, that's – and I, I have first period, by the way, money line, not puck line. So I'm being a right. little more cautious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going with just money line in the first period. But, yeah, Alex going for that plus price uh, with the alternative uh, puck and, line on the uh, Islanders in the first period, which, again, is a very good price. We're talking plus 175 or so with that. Yeah. And if you can't get that, if, if you have a book that only offers a regular puck, you know, first period puck line and they are favorite, so you have to lay a price, then yeah, go by all means go with the dollar ten or dollar five, whatever you can get for a straight money line in the first period. If you can't find that that puck line. Yeah, alternative puck line, Nate, means that it's just, you know, that's basically, you know, you got your favorite minus one and a half, your underdog plus one and a half, and then the alternative puck line is basically everything else. So you can get the underdog you know, minus one and a half. You can get the favorite minus two and a half, three and a half. You can get the favorite even plus one and a half and lay some ridiculous price that I'd never lay in a million years. But basically <laughs> yeah. all the alternative options than the main puck line option that is given. That's basically what it is. It's also known as a, re- a reverse puck line too yeah. when you talk about it in the full game uh, parameters. But when you're looking at periods yeah. and other things, it's just the alternative puck line overall. Yeah, 
no doubt. And, and for the Islanders, too, I'm going to actually, when I look at the, uh, I'm going to sprinkle on two first period correct score props. And I know I, I don't do this very often, but Islanders one and two nothing plus 500 plus 1100 for those two. One of them hits. It's a it's yeah. it's it's a, it's profit. So that's what I'm going to do. Islanders one nothing plus five hundred. Islanders two nothing plus eleven hundred. Why not? One of those hits. I think those are plausible first period scores yeah. in this game. Might as well grab a two one way at it too. Yeah, yeah. Why not? And again, if one of them hits your profit, yeah, two one would be eleven to one as well mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, first period. So yeah, one of them hits, you're definitely going to be profitable because you could lose two and win one. And it's like I say, one hits, you're going to lose the, let's say it's one unit each. You'll be minus two on the two that lose, but the one that cashes, it's going to wipe out the minus two units of loss and turn it into profit. So there you go easily with plenty of profit. Like I said, if one of them hits, no doubt, I think it's got that reasonable, um, you know, possibility of a one, nothing, two, nothing Islander lead after the uh, first period here. All right. Montreal, Tampa Bay. We've got uh, the lightning minus 200 home favorite, six and a half, the total in this game. Um, yeah, disappointing from Montreal. Although if you look at that game, um, they started out well, uh, they had power plays, they had opportunities, they couldn't convert, they hit a post, they missed some nets. Stolarz was also very good. Uh, and then as the game went on, I thought Florida got stronger. And when Montreal failed on those chances, Florida got the lead. They kind of wilted a little bit after that. And now Florida ended up really doing a better job, taking control of the game. They won four, one. Uh, you know, three of the last four games they've lost, they're actually three and three, their last six Montreal and the losses were all competitive. Even the Florida game was not really a runaway Carolina. They needed an empty net goal to make it five, three. And that game was actually three, three in the third period against Carolina uh, in that loss. Uh, and then of course the four, uh, three loss in overtime against Minnesota, while they also beat Chicago and Winnipeg uh, during this uh, six game stretch Montreal. So they've been playing competitive hockey here. And when you look at this spot here, you know, Tampa Bay is kind of struggling again here, even on home ice, which has been so much better for them. They've lost two in a row at home against the Panthers and the Rangers. Back to back situation for Tampa, although no travel. But, you know, you're definitely, you would think, going to see Jonas Johansson here tonight in net for the Lightning after we got uh, Vasilevsky against the Rangers last night. It should be Sam Montembeau for the uh, Canadians, and he's probably the best goalie they have. Uh, Johansson, if you start to look at his play, Really, he got all those games October, November with Vasilevsky out. Uh, he's only started uh, two games since Vasilevsky came back, and he's given up seven goals in those two games combined. So it almost seems like, you know, Johansson, now that he's out of that rhythm of playing every other day and, and getting all the starts like that, he's struggling more with it, believe it or not. Uh, so I'm not sure I trust him here to, uh, you know, be able to shut the door here against Montreal. I'm personally going to go back to the well and run back uh, the bets that lost for me last night against Florida. I'm going to go back to the well here with Montreal team total because it's two and a half. It's dirt cheap. It's minus 130 for a Canadians team total over two and a half. Uh, I'm going to rock a little bit with Montreal money line, just a small bet again at plus 170. Um, this is a draw consideration for me, although it's, I don't love the draw in this game, but I do lean to the draw. A little bit. I'll have a small piece of that, um, along with the Montreal plus 170. Really like the team total uh, over two and a half. And I do think I'm going to take a small piece of that over six and a half too uh, in this game. Going to keep the full game over smaller. The Montreal plus 170 smaller. The draw smaller, and the one I like the most is the team total 
for Montreal. Montreal over two and a half here uh, in this one. What do you think here, Alex? Canadians, Lightning. Yeah, I'm, this, is, this is a tough goalie matchup because I'm looking at positive, especially if it's Kid and Primo. Like I said, I mean, this just seems like it could just be a, a bit of a track meet. But at the same time, though, I don't trust Montreal to just you know pour buckets of goals, even against a Jonas Johansson. But like I said, you know, he hasn't been the same since being relegated to his, you know, his uh, number two role. I wouldn't even say one B because when it's Vasilevsky, it's it's his net, and and you have to kind of go back to to being you know a spectator most nights. So. And I'm not surprised by the fact that we've seen him kind of, uh, you know, slug off a bit. You know, that, that's tough for him to have arguably his longest run if, of his career. And I could, I'll go on and say probably the longest run we've seen his entire career of being a starter in the NHL uh, and now have to go back to being a, a backup. And you just don't get those reps and, and the repetition and and you're, you know, uh, you know, these just aren't, aren't balanced properly. So I look at that that full game over. I would try to grab something in game at a, at a cheaper price, not necessarily a number. If you can just, you know, get a dollar 10 on six and a half, that's fine. Go with that. But I also like both teams to score here at plus 160 in the first period. Uh, w- with that correlating, you can try and let, grab a first period over live if the price is right. But I think we could see both teams score. And I could think we could probably see it happen maybe a little later too. So don't necessarily jump in for a first period over right away in the first few minutes, maybe even wait for a goal and then wait for that two and a half to revert back down to a one and a half and then get back in in like a dollar thirty dollar thirty five we can see a goal late in that first period so both teams to score first period and uh full game over first period over is in game those are three things i like all right good stuff and for props i'm back to slavkovsky and and josh anderson i've talked about those two in particular uh repeatedly for montreal uh and mike matheson for props is worth a look right now too the defenseman you know he plays power play he's on a five game point streak uh, he's also got a goal in those five games, but more importantly, the point streak. So, you know, definitely get in on either assist or point props right now for uh, Mike Matheson uh, for Montreal because he's definitely done a nice job in terms of uh, chipping in from the uh, blue line. Uh, no doubt about that. For uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Nick Paul, as long as he stays on the uh, top line, as I say, uh, worth a look. Uh, I want to point out Mikey Acemont, too. He's a, Even though he's on the third line, He's been starting to chip in some offense, and it looked like he had a goal last night against the Rangers, but it got disallowed. Uh, it was a challenge on the play by the Rangers. They won the challenge, or else Mikey Acemont would have scored last night. So keep an eye on him. He's been sneaky uh, getting chances and and being able to find the back of the net lately for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, Edmonton taking on Anaheim. Back-to-back for the Oilers after a big shootout win against the LA Kings last night. They're minus 220 road favorites tonight, six and a half the total in this game. You know, I'm not shy about, you know, at this time of year, especially holiday season, um, taking a shot with some underdogs. And I feel this is definitely feels like an Anaheim spot. Now, they let me down dramatically the other night against Arizona, getting shut out at home. I thought that Vegas game where they beat the Golden Knights was going to be a big confidence builder, a springboard for Anaheim to get things rolling again. I like the fact that Anaheim's healthy finally. McTavish is back. Zegris is back. Jamie Drysdale, who is so underrated, nobody talks about him enough. He's back on the blue line for Anaheim. And yet they look like they were stuck in mud against um, Ed, against Arizona the other night. So um, it kind of concerns me. You know what also concerns me too? We know Leo Carlson's on IR. We now see that Troy Terry and Radko Gudis are on the injured list. And 
just as they were starting to get healthy. Here's Troy Terry, day-to-day upper body injury that he suffered Friday. We'll see if he's in tonight. Radko Gudis as well. We'll see if he's been banged up the last couple games. We'll see if he uh, is able to play for the Ducks. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's not at all a spot that Edmonton is trustworthy in tonight. A huge win against a team they've got a history with, uh, a big-time team. And I know they're 13-2. and Hard to step in front of Edmonton right now. I get it. But back-to-back on the road after a win like that, they're going to have Cal Pickard and net on the back-to-back most likely uh, in this game tonight. And uh, he's a good goalie at times, but what, which Cal Pickard are you going to get? You're going to get the guy that gave up just one goal and beat the Devils 4-1? Or are you going to get the guy that got shelled by Florida and they lost 5-1 uh, in that game? What's it going to be here for Cal Pickard tonight? Uh, energized is on what I'm on. Uh, I, like, I like more than anything the Anaheim team total here. Uh, over two and a half. I like that quite a bit. It's a little safer route, too, in case they don't win the hockey game. And just like with the uh, Montreal team total, we're talking over two and a half, around minus 130. So it's not at all a bad price uh, in this game. Uh, over two and a half for the Ducks. I'm going to sprinkle on the plus 180 uh, with uh, Anaheim here as well as the full game over. So a little bit of all three. But just like with the last game, I kind of like team total more. First period's not bad either, uh, John. I could see first period, they pounce on Edmonton a little bit. Because remember, Edmonton had a bad first period last night against L.A. It took them until the second period to really find their legs and get going and play their best. We definitely might see that tonight because I saw the reactions of McDavid and Skinner, everyone on that Oilers team after they won in that shootout. They were feeling it. They were feeling their oats. They were amped. They were They were happy. That was a happy bunch of Oilers coming out off the ice after that win last night, coming back to beat a really good team like the LA Kings. So I think I'm going to split up that money line portion of my bet, which I mentioned, plus 180. I'm going to split it up with the first period and the full game uh, money line here with the the Anaheim Ducks in this game. And the uh, the full game is plus 180. The first period money line is still a pretty good plus 156 right now uh, at Pinnacle. Uh, so still a pretty good price with that. Uh, Alex, what are you thinking here? An interesting, fascinating handicap given the spot for the Oilers here as they take on the Ducks. Yeah, like you said, if this was a healthier Ducks team, I would probably be right there in lockstep with you on, on first period, full game. I, I would lean more with full game at, at plus 180 because like, just the Oilers, can they give a full 60-minute effort off of that win? And Calvin Pickard, like I said, you know, a big question mark there. But a shorthanded Ducks team, no Carlson, no Terry, no Gudis. Gudis has been you know, shockingly decent as well. He's not playing like he was in that Florida playoff run, but he's been, you know, much better than uh, I'd say the last year and a half, right? We could probably say this is the best hockey he's been playing for the majority of his NHL tenure. So uh, that those are big losses. And Lucas Dostal, who looked great early in the year, has kind of regressed and has just kind of looked like his whole home backup form. So this game kind of screams to me like it could be goals galore, but, you know, who's going to score for Anaheim? Is, is Zegras going to do all the work? So uh, I, I'm kind of staying off of this game altogether. If I had to play something, it would be both teams to score first period. But I don't like that price at plus 140. So it may be just a, a beer bet for me in, in that spot. I could see where Edmonton, maybe some of that momentum, if it does roll off of last night, it would be early. And then they kind of crater early. And with Anaheim, like I said, if they can catch an Oilers team early that looked bad or early last night, has looked bad early in certain games, then we could probably see where Adam. So I'm, I'm torn in this first period, and that's why both teams to score kind of makes sense to me. I can see where maybe we see some momentum go back and forth. But I think if Edmonton falls off a cliff, probably going to be the second or third periods later, that momentum from the shootout and the, and the comeback could roll into that early start. And then the, 
soon as they hit the locker room, the legs are just gone. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to kind of circling in this contest. And again, important to point out too with Troy Terry is that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he hasn't been ruled out yet fully. Uh, he's going to be a game time decision. He still might play tonight. So, uh, but just not, it's definitely going to be probably a close to puck drop decision that gets made by Greg Cronin and the coaching staff about whether uh, Troy Terry plays. I do want to point out if he doesn't play, uh, it's looking like Max Jones is going to be on the top line, possibly here tonight for Anaheim. So you talk about someone that's going to have massive value as far as player props uh, for this game. That would be him uh, if he gets that assignment with no Troy Terry. And he's plus 520 at Batano, plus 500 at FanDuel uh, to score a goal tonight. Uh, and then as far as um, the Edmonton side for props, Ryan McLeod has really been noticeable. Even last night, he didn't score, but he had chances and he scored a bunch in a few games before that. Definitely some value as far as uh, player props involving him right now. Uh, I give credit, by the way, to uh, I know they had the big ceremony last night. Is that we're recording this show at the Fox NFL pregame starting, and Jimmy Johnson, professional, showing up for work today, even after his big night last night, going in the Ring of Honor with the uh, Cowboys. So uh, good stuff. Being a pro, still doing the work on the studio today for Fox. All right, Philadelphia and Calgary. If that was me, I probably would have been uh, partying it up all night and still yeah, right, right now, <laughs> uh, a night like that. Uh, Philadelphia, Calgary. We've got the uh, Flames minus one thirty-five uh, home favorites, five and a half the total uh, here in this game. Yeah, that's right, five and a half. Uh, you always have to do a bit of a double take, eyebrow raise when you see a five and a half total these days. But we do have one here for the Flyers and the Flames. This is the draw that I love today. Uh, no question about that. Uh, if you're starting to look at Philadelphia, we've got ourselves another draw magnet team in the making right now, this Philadelphia team. Uh, they have really been going to overtime or a shootout quite a bit in recent games. I cast the draw with them in Seattle uh, on Friday night in that 2-1 to one loss to the Kraken. That's now five of the last eight Philadelphia Flyers games that have gone past regulation uh, going into this one. I think the, these teams play close games. You look at Calgary. They were in a 2-1 game with Seattle, 5-3 uh, close game with uh, L.A., 3-1 uh, with Florida, and there was an empty net there. They had overtime in a shootout in the middle of part of December, back-to-back -back against Minnesota and Vegas. Uh, the Colorado game nearly went to overtime on that road trip as well. So two teams I don't think are going to gain separation from each other in this game tonight. Uh, you look at the uh, goaltending matchup, it should be Hart and Markstrom. Uh, starting for their respective teams. Nothing else to do with this game, in my opinion, but bet the draw. Uh, I could make a case for either side. I certainly lean to Philly in the plus money, but I'm just going to stick to the draw uh, here in this one. Alex, Flyers, Flames. Yeah, I'm right there with you on this draw. Uh, and I got it plus 325 at Bet Uh it, This is one of those games, shop around, because you might find a better price on the yes-no prop than you do on the draw, regulation draw prop. So, you got to shop around with that, unfortunately. But uh, like I said, Philly's one of those teams that has kind of grown into that, uh, you know, draw season. And, and that whole Metropolitan Division, there's four teams that have double-digit games past regulation. And I think the other teams is like Pittsburgh's at six, uh, Pittsburgh at seven, and New Jersey at six. So any game that involves a Metropolitan Division team, you could make a case at one point or another for a draw. 
uh, with the way that that, that division is going. And of course, as things tighten up in the second half of that division, you're going to see a lot more closer games. So that being said, I definitely think this could be have that kind of a pace and feel. Somebody saw my correct score in the chat. I would say this would probably be if you were taking a correct score shot. And I don't do this all the time, but I, I will start looking at these a little bit more when I do like a draw. What do I think the, the score would be? I would say 3-3 makes the most sense out of this or a 2-2. So that being said, I wouldn't look at be looking at the over here, even at a 5.5. And, uh, and I know we usually try to jump to 5.5s for overs immediately. This is one I'd be a little bit more cautious with. i say just go with the draw and uh, look for a close contest. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really this is probably my favorite draw bet for the entire slate today, this one, uh, Philadelphia and Calgary. Uh, and not to mention, we've actually seen some head-to-heads with these two teams go to overtime or a shootout, five of the last ten. So uh, definitely it makes sense to expect real possibility of some overtime here uh, between these two teams. As far as the uh, prop market goes, I'm going to stick to Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost. I know I've mentioned them a couple of times for uh, Philadelphia. For the Calgary Flames, Sharon Govich, uh, Blake Coleman, uh, they're they're of interest to me. They've both been obviously very good for an extended period of time, so certainly wouldn't mind player props involving them uh, in this game. All right, next up, hey, it's college football bowl season. I call this the uh, Matt Robinson, Alex B. Smith Bowl right here. Chicago Blackhawks, Dallas Stars. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 400 home favorite, six and a half the total. And good news, too, we've got Matt joining us on Tuesday. Uh, once again, he's gonna be he's gonna be making a weekly spot on our show. Cool. He's that popular. He's doing a great job. I mean, I can't believe the kind words. Everybody's enjoying yeah. what Matt's doing, and Matt will be on with us Tuesday, January second, our first show of 2024. So, uh, looking forward to Matt being on with us uh, once again. Uh, Blackhawk stars for the second straight time. Um, yeah, obviously it was a great game Friday night betting-wise for everyone uh, involving our crew. I mean, Alex had the draws, his best bet. It cashes. He had the first period over. It cashes. Uh, Matt and I had the full game over uh, in that game at six, uh, and it ended up cashing. So it was a great game the other night between these two teams from a betting standpoint. You know, I would probably lean to running back the overs again. First period over, full game over. Now, the total's been bet up or uh, gone up a little bit from the first game. We were able to get a flat six with the game on Friday night. This time it's six and a half. So we don't get the luxury of the six for this game, but I would still go first period, full game over, quite honestly. Now, we were talking a little bit about this before we started the show, Alex and I. Yes, Peter Morozik is in net tonight. And yes, he's been pretty good lately. But he's now going to be playing his eighth or ninth start in the last 20 days. And that's the most starts in this period of time, I think, that he's had in a long time because he's been injured all the time. And he hasn't been able to put this many, this much games under his belt in this kind of a period of time for a long time. And is he going to hit the wall? Is he getting fatigued? Is he going to get run down at some point? Well, he gave up five against Dallas. And to me, it did look like he was just a little bit more off his game because he has been good. He was great against Winnipeg. They beat Colorado at home. He was great in that game, I thought, as well. Uh, but in that game Friday night, Morozik was just – you wonder if fatigue is setting in for him because he's had to start so many games because they have no confidence whatsoever in you-know-who. Arvid, as Alex calls him, Arvid Soderbaum uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So they've had to run Morozik right now into the ground. And unfortunately, it may not be a great thing here for uh, this uh, Chicago team. Uh, I also think Scott Wedgwood needs a bit of a rest. He's played a lot because Ottinger's been uh, out. He's now played, you know, this is going to also be his eighth start in the last 16 days 
So he's really, he's been playing basically every other day for a guy that is not used to this kind of workload on a consistent basis, Scott Wedgwood. So do we see the uh, Matthew Murray sighting? That's a great point from Landon, our good uh, friend, on, friend of the show, Dallas fan. Uh, it's possible. We'll see. No confirmation yet uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars as to who will be in net, but it could be uh, Matthew Murray. Maybe they do rest Wedgwood as of right now. You have to treat it like Wedgwood will be a net because every site is saying he's expected, but obviously that could change. Either way, I like the first period over, full game over, which, look, we've seen a little bit of a, a derailment temporarily of the Dallas first period overs. We had those two losses in a row, but they got back to the uh, first period over Friday against Chicago. And what's the run still, even after the two losses in a row? Uh, 12 and th- 12 and 2, 12 and 3 to the over for Dallas in the last 14, 15 games. So, uh, yeah, first period over, full game over for me. Uh, Alex liked the draw on Friday night. Well, does he like it again here? We'll have to. We'll find out right now. What do you think, Alex? Chicago, Dallas. Yeah, the draw. I'm a, I'm not as as uh, hot on the draw here. And even though you can get it as high as plus seeing plus four forty, plus four fifty, plus four sixty, it's worth grabbing to have some in pocket. But it's definitely not a full unit play. This is not a best bet like it was the other night. Uh, and like I said, with the goaltending, you know, Peter Morazic has been playing his ass off. You know, and I've been very critical of him, but he's been great the last three or four starts. And now we, you know, like I said, we're asking ourselves before the show, can this continue, uh, you know, playing this this long? And even, the, you know, looking at the, the Dallas game, like I said, he's, he's given up goals, even though he's played well, but he's still given up some goals. So the over makes a ton of sense. First period and full game, but I'm getting a little more creative with this. I'm going a half unit right now on the, on the first period over. One and a half, I get laid $1.40. I'm waiting to lay the second half unit and another unit on the full uh, over in-game. So I'm just kind of insulating myself in case there's an early goal for that first period. But I think we'll be able to have time within this contest to definitely get over that six and a half, even if it isn't Matthew Murray starting for Dallas. Well, I'm not really bullish on it as far as the goaltending uh, room in Dallas. He's not one of those guys down in Texas that's going to really get the bump. I think Remy Poirier is actually the better goaltender of those two. So that being said, I'm I'm definitely like an over with him in that. But even if you're talking about Wedgwood, you're talking about the same situation with Morazic. He's a, a career backup who's now getting the most star time he's seen in quite some time, playing the most consecutive games. You have that along with a Morazic who, like I said, looking back, the last time he's had this kind of a run was like 2018-19 with Carolina, of playing this many starts without getting hurt or, or being benched. So uh, over makes sense, but I say wait in game. Uh, you're looking for a better price. You may not get the best of the number. So don't look for a five and a half. If you can get plus money on six and a half, by all means, grab that. And then grab that along with some plus money on the first period over. Uh, like I said, tag half of that at $1.40, $1.45, and then grab the rest of it at uh, looking for at least $1.05 or better in game. So that should be about three or four minutes in. There we go. Uh, it's like his spidey senses are tingling. Oh, Dallas Stars are being talked about. All Matt shows up all of a sudden in the chat. There we go. He likes Dallas. I I got that sense too, honestly. Like they 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 knew they didn't play great. They they let Chicago back into it when they were up four two. Chicago comes back and ties in credit to Chicago. But yeah. you're right. I think there's that sense. Dallas says we could play a cleaner, better sixty minutes here tonight against Chicago. We'll see yeah. if they do. I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that we aren't seeing Soderbaum in that because that would have been my play. I would have been all over Dallas at team total. Uh, Soderblom goals against uh, had, had he been getting the start here because I could definitely see that. But with Morazic and, and riding this hot wave now, okay, of course, he could completely falter and still end up being a 5-2 final. But I would have felt a lot more comfortable 
having Soderblom in that for this one rather than Morazic with this hot run that he's been as far as looking at a Dallas side or anything Dallas related. Yeah. Like I said, I think Matt's got a Ice Guys show, Dallas Stars discussion detector uh, in his place somehow set up. And the moment, yep, Dallas is being talked about on the show. There's Matt in the chat right there. <laughs> Good stuff. And like I mentioned yesterday, Alex, about the uh, display picture for Matt, that was when he t- after he took a butt end of a stick, apparently. Uh, so yeah, that's why he looks all, you know, like he's been yeah. beaten up and bludgeoned, <laughs> and, you know, basically someone stole his yeah. wallet and beat the shit out of him or something like right. that. <laughs> but, yeah, that happens in hockey. Yeah, you, you yep. pay the punishment sometimes, uh, no doubt about it. So yeah, we like overs. Uh, Alex does, he's getting creative with it. And then as far as props go, uh, for this game, you know, it was a quiet night for the Bedard line, believe it or not. It was really, uh, the foot soldiers. It was Tyler Johnson and other you know, players getting it done for them offensively in the first meeting on Friday. We'll have to see in this one, but Bedard with Kurashev and Felino, I still say stick with it. Uh, Dickinson, you know, is someone that, you know, can step up and score every now and then. Here's a sneaky one. Colin Blackwell, clearly, this guy throws his weight around. He really works hard every shift. This has been Colin Blackwell's career, uh, but he's getting more and more ice time, and he looks like he's getting a second-line opportunity tonight for Chicago. So I'm telling you what, maybe a little sprinkle there with Colin Blackwell. Now, I know we're talking about a player that is yet to find the back of the net this season, but you know, you're talking about now moving up to the lineup and you know, you're going to get a crazy price with him here tonight in this game. So something to keep in mind, 700, I see. Yeah. I mean, why not just a little sprinkle on that? And then of course for Dallas, it was actually for the change. This is back. This line of hints, Robertson and Pavelski's taking a back seat to do Shane and Marchment and Sagan, but it was, Pavelski and Robertson and Hints that did the damage Friday night. I say it flips this time. I say this is the night where we see more from Duchesne and Marchment and Sagan, that group. So I'd be interested in some of their props tonight here uh, as well. Uh, all right, next up, we've got our final game of the Sunday slate. But keep in mind, we'll be talking about the Winter Classic uh, for tomorrow uh, after that with Vegas and Seattle. But we'll wrap up with the final Sunday game first. San Jose, Colorado, uh, the Avalanche minus 400 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Colorado back home where they're 14 and four, where they've played their best hockey. Uh, the team was not happy about blowing that game against Arizona uh, early in the week, 5-4 loss after having a 4-0 lead. They played a much better, great effort, team defensive effort on the road to beat St. Louis 2-1 to one, uh, the other night. Now they return home uh, to take on the San Jose team that's Back to the San Jose we know and love, the worst team in the NHL here the last uh, seven games, 0-7 their last seven games, and back to giving up goals in bunches. This team has not given up fewer than four goals in six straight games, and they've given up five or more in five of the last six games. So this team's defensive play is absolutely abysmal. And Alex, the one thing I've been, I did the last game for San Jose where they played Edmonton was I jumped on first period and full game Edmonton team total uh, in that game and ended up cashing both of them. The over one and a half in the first period with the Oilers team total was plus 160. It was a great price. And I was a little reluctant about the four and a half because I don't love betting full game team totals four and a half, but I still did uh, in that game. And of course, they ended up scoring five. Like they're having a real defensive issue right now. Well, that and their goaltending is looking like we expect their goaltending to look, which is not very good when you've got Blackwood and Kokkinen in net every night. And then you got Magnus Krona uh, there, Ma Corona, Magus, Magnus Krona in the net the other night against Edmonton. And he had a real rough night uh, in goal for the uh, Sharks in that game. So uh, they're back to giving up goals in bunches. So 
And look, it cashed for me both of those against uh, Edmonton, or for, with Edmonton, I should say, against San Jose the other night. I'm going to go to those same two bets here tonight. We're going to take uh, Colorado first period team total uh, over one and a half is plus 170. So very good price with that, which I like even more than the full game uh, team total. Uh, getting that first period team total over one and a half plus 170 uh, on the uh, Colorado Avalanche in this game. And the full game team total uh, with the uh, Avalanche, you can find that at uh, around four and a half plus pretty good price, though, plus 140 with the over four and a half. The price is so uh, good with the plus money at the four and a half. You could probably get over four for a little extra security, if you'd like, at BetMGM for a pretty reasonable price. So. Uh, let me just go and check at uh, BetMGM, which offers the half goal increments uh, with team totals, what we can get for Colorado. Yeah, over four, minus one, uh, minus one forty. I might just bite the bullet, go with uh, four, and a half. four and a half yeah. at the plus 140 at Pinnacle, which I really do like. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the team total split for Colorado against this San Jose team, which is just hemorrhaging goals defensively here the last six, seven games. Uh, Alex, what do you think here with this one, San Jose, Colorado? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, that, you have to get creative with this. And I was looking at the parlays on MGM. Avalanche at over five and a half at a dollar ten is not terrible. I, I probably won't bet anything in this game, to be honest. But I'm just, just kind of trying to find the best of, of value there, just kind of looking around. That's something that would make a lot of sense. But um, like I said, Sharks have regressed. And, and the Avalanche, they just scare me in this spot at home, laying a big price. We've seen them lay eggs in, in this spot before. But we can't trust San Jose right now. So it's going to be a pass for me. But like I said, you got to get creative if you want to back the abs. You absolutely do. And this is basically me getting creative here. I mean, this is to me, when you're looking at a pathway to value, it's hard to find it on a minus 400 favorite. It just is. But to me, this is one of the best paths, especially that first period team total for uh, Colorado, which is plus 170. Like, could you easily see Colorado back home where they consistently play better? scoring two goals, it's very possible uh, in this game. And, in fact, I think they've had some fast starts at home uh, lately as well. I'm just going back, looking at their recent home games. Call uh, Arizona home game. Uh, well, they only scored one in that game. They scored two against Ottawa uh, at home. They played San Jose December 17th at home, 6-2. to two. They scored three in the first period. There you go. They played San Jose at home December the uh, 17th. They scored six. They won 6-2, and they scored three of their six goals in the first period. Uh, in that game. So definitely, I think a pretty good chance to uh, see uh, Colorado get to two goals in the opening period here against this Sharks team. It's just uh, back to just a hideous defensive run. It's been for them uh, here in recent games. All right. So that is the Sunday card, but we are not done yet. We are not on tomorrow. It's new year's day. We're taking a much needed day off recovering from our new year's Eve hangover. I am out at a friends function tonight for New Year's Eve, the same group that I usually hang with on New Year's Eve. We've been hanging for like 10, 15 years together on New Year's Eve. So that's always fun, ringing the new year together. Uh, so I'll need a little hangover from that. We'll have some uh, adult beverages in our system. So we'll be off tomorrow with no show. So for that reason, we're talking NHL Winter Classic today. Vegas Golden Knights, Seattle Kraken, 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday, New Year's Day, T-Mobile Park. Uh, in Seattle uh, is where this game is taking place. It's the home, of course, of the Seattle Mariners, of course, using it right now for this NHL outdoor game. We've got Vegas minus 135 road favorites, six the total. And shout out to Kenny Albert, who's got himself one hell of a weekend in Seattle. He's there and calling the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
Seattle Seahawks game on Fox later this afternoon. And then, of course, he's going to have the call of Vegas, Seattle and the Winter Classic on TNT tomorrow. So uh, big weekend in Seattle in the Emerald City uh, for Kenny Albert. Uh, great. Uh, I'd love to be in his shoes right now. As someone that at one point aspired to be a broadcaster, man, could you? How about that for a double dip? You do an NFL game today and an outdoor game NHL tomorrow. That's yeah. that's living the life right there. <laughs> uh, as far as this game goes, Vegas and Seattle. Um, you know, Vegas. I was impressed. You know, they they've gone through the woes. They've gone through the rough patch. Goaltending injuries. Goaltending struggles. Defensive struggles. And they beat a very good L.A. team to get off the schneid, get back in the win column. We'll see if they carry that over. Sometimes, especially with the really good teams like a Vegas, when they have the win that snaps the long losing streak and the, and the funk, sometimes you see that team kind of go on a run. So I don't know if I'd be interested in Seattle here. Um, but you know Seattle and the home teams for these outdoor events are going to always be amped up uh, for them you know, and want to – uh, get a victory in front of the massive crowd that they're going to see uh, for this game. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the uh, weather here uh, for uh, this uh, event, but uh, that's always something you want to have in the back of your mind. Uh, it looks like uh, the plan is to play, by the way, for the roof to be open, of course, for the uh, Winter Classic at T-Mobile Park, uh, which is interesting to see. Uh, it looks like uh, in terms of the weather right now, uh, it's going to be not bad. You know, you're always worried about will it be uh, you don't want it to be obviously very mild because then you worry about the ice deteriorating, which you don't want. Nobody wants that. Uh, there's no question. But it looks like as far as tomorrow is concerned, seven degrees, uh, and that's Fahrenheit. Uh, so it looks like we're going to be fine, you know, as as far as – or seven – is that Celsius or No, Fahrenheit? it's Celsius. It's 45, 45 degrees Fahrenheit tomorrow. No wind, no precipitation. Yeah. I forget when I go to weather.com, which is what I've done here, which is an American site, by the way. It's the Weather yeah. Channel. But yeah. they put – because they know I'm on the site from a Canadian IP address, so they automatically convert the temperature readings to Celsius because I'm in Canada. So it is 45 degrees. So that is obviously above freezing, but I don't think it's going to be so mild that the ice is going to be terrible condition. Not ideal – but I don't think it's going to be absolutely the, the worst ice conditions possible. Plus, you know, these the, they've done these Winter Classic games enough now where the ice makers, they are on top of this stuff. They can, you know, make sure they stop the game briefly to make sure they, you know, flood the ice again and all that to try to keep it in as good shape throughout the course of the game as possible. And the good news is I believe it's going to be overcast tomorrow. Yes, overcast, foggy, not much sunshine in the forecast. So it looks like that's going to help. You know, the, that's the worst thing above freezing temperatures and then the sun being out, you know, for the and it's noon local time this game. So that's right where the if the sun's out, it's right there in the middle of the sky and it could really be a detrimental to the ice conditions. So it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. This is one where I'd lean draw, quite honestly. How can I not? It's winter. We've seen I feel like we see a lot of overtime in close games in the winter classic. I really do. So to me. I don't think I'm going to be doing much as far as sides and totals other than looking at maybe at the draw, a competitive game. I could see that Seattle's been a team that's played nothing, Alex, but close games lately. Look at this Seattle team. 3-2 in a shootout with L.A., 4-3 in overtime against Dallas, 2-1 regulation with L.A., 3-2 Anaheim regulation, 2-1 Calgary regulation, and then the 2-1 overtime game with Philly the other night. So even the non-overtime shootout games for Seattle, they've been one-goal games. All right, so that is a high probability for the draw. This team has played six straight one-goal games 
going into this winter classic uh, on Monday. So that's the easy choice for me. If you if you got to have action on this game, to me, the draw is the clear choice with uh, Vegas and Seattle. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? New Year's Day, winter classic, Golden Knights cracking. So, yeah, so I was doing a little handicapping uh, this morning, looking, like I said, at kind of the situation uh, of T-Mobile Park and – Shade shouldn't be an issue because, like I said, this is a 12 o'clock start. The shade and shadows only really become a problem uh, if this game were to go late, say, like 3, 3.30, which I can't imagine it would be a three-hour contest. So uh, shouldn't be any issues with sight lines. Shouldn't be really any issues with ice conditions. Like I said, 40, 43 to 45 degrees. You know you got everything refrigerated. And the way that they got all that kind of insulated setup, I don't think this should be a game where we don't even have to see the team swap in. Uh, this this should be a, a fairly clean game. So with that being said, I like the first period over. We've seen this cash in three of the four last four winter classics. We've also seen this cash in seven of the last nine meetings between these two teams. So I'm going first period over. Maybe a small sprinkle on both teams to score, but I got to wait till tomorrow to to actually make that bet. And uh, the draw, like I said, Seattle's been one of those teams right now that have been playing these close games, and uh, you know with the Golden Knights kind of just you know. I just don't see where, you know, okay, I think, you know, both teams are going to be jazzed up, you know, playing their, in their, you know, outdoor contests. So Vegas has already kind of done this before, except the whole people mentioned in the chat, the, the 10 hour Lake Tahoe game, of course. Uh, but uh, it won't be anything of, of that sort for sure. So I think this is going to be just kind of a standard hockey game. I think the, the winter classic atmosphere, I don't think it's going to be as prevalent or as heavy or, or as weighing on the actual on ice performance like it's been in recent years because it is essentially a dome. And it's a well-shaded place. Like I said, the, the elements shouldn't uh, cause too much of an issue here. So it should be a, a fun game, a great game to attend. I, I certainly would rather go to that than three years ago, the one that they had here in Minneapolis where it was like 30 below. Uh, so so people should get their money's worth out of that. But I think it's going to be a good game, and I think it's going to go past 60 minutes. So I mean, I'm on the draw, but I do think we get that first period over cash as well. You can lay it at $1.25 right now at Caesars. All right, so draw and Alex like in the first period over as well. Monday afternoon, TNT, Vegas, and Seattle, uh, the NHL uh, Winter Classic. It doesn't have the same pop and novelty that it used to, uh, the Winter oh, yeah. Classic. Uh, not anymore with any of the outdoor games, quite honestly, but that's still something that's fun. It's a, we'll tune in. It's just it's you lost know, a little of that pizzazz from the very first time they did it way back, what, 2006 or seven, I think, is when it started. It was – yeah, no, it was 08, 08, Pittsburgh, 08, Buffalo yeah. was yeah. the first one. And what's, I think they just need to get rid of the actual, like, winter classic concept. Like, let's, the winter wonderland shit, let's just take that out. Let's just make outdoor games. And now let's do some fun stuff. Like, let's have outdoor games in domed venues. Let's have, you know, you know let's, and I know that defeats the purpose where you're still indoors. But, I mean, let's take it to some different venues and, and different things. It doesn't necessarily have to be outside. It doesn't necessarily have to be the freezing cold weather i would love to see some games in like mexico city or, or different things like that i would like to see if we got to do the international thing let's do something like the nfl and, and kind of vary up where you're having the games uh moving forward you know like i said I, I know this was a great start and concept and it led to the explosion of outdoor games but i think yeah it's time for a change up having the whole snowy whatever like i said that kind of like you know christmas winter uh setup we don't always need to have that i like the how the stadium series was the dodger stadium a few years ago that was a pretty cool concept we should get back to things like that as far as uh, these outdoor games concerned. If we're going to keep having them, let's change it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, you can uh, the Winter Classic attachment to the the, the vet you know moniker to this game doesn't need to be there. Bankroll Spence has it has it perfectly in, the, in his comment. Hockey in Hawaii, 
Why yeah. why not have a game in, in Hawaii or some different locales? It's a, yeah. Alaska. Have an outdoor game in Alaska with the big mountain backdrop. Do some cool shit like that rather than just having, oh, we're going to a baseball stadium. We're going to a football stadium. Like, like let's mix it up a little bit. I also heard NHL is piggybacking the NFL and that they do have interest in Mexico at one point to do a game down there. So, That'd be sweet. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. So there you go. Yeah, the uh, ECHL team down there for for the the Stars franchise would be really yeah. cool too. I've, I've been seeing that for a long time. And I I love that they do the global series. Like that was a great job putting yeah. the games in Sweden yeah, yeah. earlier. That, was, this year. that ended up being pretty cool. That was cooler than than some of the other yeah. European games at the beginning of the year in, in previous seasons. I agree. Yeah, exactly. And all the all the le- Swedish legends were there too. Forsberg was there. Lundqvist was there. Matt Sundin. You go on down the list. They were all there. Alfredson, of course, because he had to work as well. You remember he was a guest coach there for the uh, Senators. So, no, it was a great event there. Uh, and uh, you're right. Uh, Matthews has Mexican descent, Mike. Uh, but yeah, absolutely he does. And um, like I say, and it's funny because of Las Vegas. It's funny you talk about the Golden Knights. It's a great segue. It's a lot of Latino Mexican you know heritage and people there in the nevada state of nevada and especially las vegas and if you speak to a lot of them in vegas since the golden knights got there they've really become huge hockey fans so yeah. it fits perfectly with that thought you could have you could easily have uh kings stars coyotes and then you could take you could take a leafs team like i said with, with austin matthews you could have a team like new jersey who had scott gomez and bill Guerin, uh two hispanic uh uh d- descent uh players and make that just like you did with, with uh, the Swedish you know, thing. You had all those teams that were had tons of Swedish players, had Swedish history like Ottawa, Detroit, Minnesota. So I think that that would be a really cool concept. Yeah. I think they just announced on Fox that the UFL, the merger, it's the merger of the XFL and the USFL, the UFL. It's uh, in March. There you go. They're Arena football comes that. back this, this spring too. There you go. So uh, spring football lives. I don't know for how much longer, but it's at least going to live for another year. One more year. <laughs> One more year at least, 2024. Uh, and speaking of 2024, it's just hours away uh, from us. Uh, actually, a couple of props I'll throw out there. Um, Thomas Tatar, we've talked about him. He's on the top line, uh, or he was. He's actually been bumped down. It's McCann. It's Alex Wenberg's up on the top line, and Tanev too. So Wenberg and Tanev might be worth a look for Seattle in this game. For Vegas, he's rolling on the top line right now as far as not so much goals, but points and assists as well. Close shave Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev has been really good lately for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and uh, Michael Amadio scored the other night, playing with Stevenson and Dora Piev. He's had very noticeable chances the last few games, so maybe a little sleeper prop uh, as well with Amadio for Vegas in that Winter Classic uh, on Monday. All right, great stuff. We hope you enjoyed this Sunday New Year's Eve edition of the show, our final show of 2023. Uh, Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button uh, if you haven't done so already. And man, what a month it has been for people joining us over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash IceGuys, just $10 per month. And we thank you so much. Exclusive content, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. We've got the daily card, of course, sides, totals, player props, every single day posted there for Patreon members. And stay tuned in the new year. We've got bonus videos. We're going to start getting into those more Q&A bonus videos from Alex and I, theme videos, you know, favorite goal song, you know, favorite team from the 70s, favorite player from a certain deck. You know, we got tons of ideas in mind for theme videos that we're going to be doing exclusively on Patreon. And, of course, we're going to announce our main January BetCast date next week or this week coming up. But we're also going to start to put together plans for our bonus BetCasts 
for our Patreon members in January. We'll certainly do at least one, and I think we're going to make it an impromptu one. We're not going to announce when. We're just going to drop it on you and say, whoop, wow, all of a sudden, look at this. It's a live betcast with Alex and Ian tonight. Holy mackerel. And that will be when you least expect it. Uh, and we'll do it on a weeknight at some point in the month of January. It'll be an impromptu bonus betcast. It will only be viewable if you're a Patreon member. It will only be available to join us on the stream to those of you that are a Patreon member. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that as well. So patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And again, as I mentioned in our Merry Christmas message to our Patreon members, the dollars you commit on Patreon help us out because it helps us keep yeah. this show going for not only yeah. next year, but years and years beyond that. That's what we're here for. We've talked about this. We envision maybe still doing this d- damn show in five years, 10 years from now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we, we've got those visions. Why not? I, I, I'm certainly not going to be doing another job. I'm not quitting sports betting and sports. And not now, not, not when I've been in it now for 13 years to become a doctor or something. That's not yeah. happening. <laughs> It's without my capacity. I'm in this for basically, this is my career, barring some incredible opportunity that I can't pass up. This is my career for the next rest of my life. So that is why I'm doing content and handicapping. So we expect to be doing this show for years to come, but you guys supporting us on Patreon and just your $10 a month contribution will help us immensely to keep us going for these next two, three, five, ten years, however yeah. long it is. So uh, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Make sure you get on board with that just in time for the new year. And of course, check out the ice guys store, new merch, new gear there, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, we got a bunch of new stuff, all the, the new draw season merch, the Tylender merch. We've got the regular uh, caps and hoodies. We've got everything up right now, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. And, of course, into the new year, we'll be back with the coupon codes. They had disabled most of those for December, but the coupons uh, and the savings will be back in January and beyond, and we're going to have some more new merch as well. Also, check out the limited edition store. Some of those items in that limited edition store, which that link is tagged on our uh, X page at the underscore S guys. Some of those will be going away uh, by the all-star break. So you only have about maybe, you know, three or four or five weeks to grab. If you haven't grabbed the Skinner t-shirt yet or the uh, bet hockey and sleep when you're dead shirt, some of those uh, will be going away in February. So you got a month left to grab some of those items at the limited edition store, but also check out the flagship store as well. Ice guys that my Absolutely. Go get that. Again, sign up on Patreon and check out the store uh, as well going into the uh, new year. All right. It is time for our bargain bin special of the night. And man, we have a lot to live up to because it was a 2-0 and sweep yesterday. Luke Hughes, New Jersey Devils, plus 750 um, for me. And it was Michael Bunting at plus 350 for the Carolina Hurricanes for Zach Urban with his bargain bin special of the night on our Saturday show. So Got a lot to live up to. Alex, what have you got for your final bargain bin special for 2023? Yeah, so we're going right back to Dallas. We are picking a Chicago player, but it's not my mom's pick of Nick Foligno. We are going with a second-line guy. We're going with Jason Dickinson. You can get him at plus 480 at FanDuel. I don't even know why his this price is still so high. This is a guy who's been really hot right now. And, uh, you know, he's just always in front of the net. And that's the thing, you know, we look for. The same thing with Foligno, net front presence. And it's great to see that with the Hawks because that's something we hadn't seen in quite some time. But you got guys that crashed in front of the net 
uh, put themselves in good position to find ways to get the puck in the net. And I think the trooper can do that. So let's go Jason Dickinson plus 480 at FanDuel. That's my bargain special. My last bargain special for 2023. There you go. Plus 480 uh, on Jason Dickinson. A uh, terrific price there uh, as far as a bargain bin special for this uh, Sunday uh, and for this Sunday NHL card, this final card of uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, for my bargain bin special of the night, well, I guess you could call it bargain bin special of the day uh, or of the afternoon because I'm going to the very first game uh, of this Sunday slate, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild. And we're riding the wave. He, We mentioned it. I mentioned it earlier in the show. He is a, a very, very streaky player when it comes to offense and goal scoring. He can go games on end weeks on end without scoring and then all of a sudden he gets in one of these zones and he's just scoring every night and he's in one of those right now goals in four straight games for the minnesota wild and i cashed a goal prop on him yesterday ryan hartman for the minnesota wild plus 350 at patano for my uh, bargain bin special uh, of the night and i'll give you a bonus one i know alex did this before when he gave one out for an early game i'll give you one from one of the later games too I'll give you two. It's New Year's Eve. Why not? I'm generous here. We'll give you Ryan Hartman plus 350 for the Minnesota Wild for my first bargain bin. And then one from one of the evening games tonight. And he also cashed for me yesterday with a with a goal prop. And he's still a great price tonight. Plus 340 at FanDuel. Jack Quinn, Buffalo Sabres, plus 340. So there you go. Two bargain bin specials for me. Ryan Hartman, Minnesota Wild, plus 350. Jack Quinn, Buffalo Sabres, plus 340. Uh, for my two bargain bin specials for this final show of 2023. All right, best bets, final best bets of 2023. Uh, Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to Steel City for this one. Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. Uh, like I said, Isles, they got to come out hot and heavy after uh, getting embarrassed uh, with the Penguins putting the touchdown on them. So I like them in the first period. Give me the puck line, laying the half a goal, plus 175. I found a bet MGM. Uh, on the Islanders in the first period puck line. That is my final best bet for 2023. There you go. Islanders first period puck line plus 170 range with that uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this Sunday card. It's an interesting card. Lots of lots to choose from. Uh, I'm going to go with the. Um, it's 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 a it's a good choice here. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to, I really like it. And I love the price. Let's go for a big score. I'm I'm, be, I'm being bold here for the final show of 2023. Let's go with Colorado avalanche team total over one and a half first period plus plus one seventy. I love that price. I think it's, they scored three the last time they hosted San Jose uh, in the first period in that six to two win San Jose's given up goals and bunches, especially early in the game uh, avalanche at home, better than on the road. Let's rock with that Colorado over one and a half, plus 170, first period team total uh, for my best bet here, for the final best bet uh, of 2023 on this New Year's Eve Sunday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. All right, before we wrap it up, another year in the books and another year where I find this show has gotten stronger, our audience base has grown incredibly uh, a lot, and we thank you immensely for it. We feel we were a year better in what we gave you on this show in terms of the format we introduced the bargain bin special segment this year and what a hit that's been uh, we feel we're getting better in this role on doing this show doing this gig every day 
We feel you guys are getting stronger and better because our base is growing, our family is growing, our audience and our viewership and our listenership is growing. Uh, we've got more Patreon members. We're going to give you more bonus content. We gave you a lot more bonus content this year, player suite interviews. We're going to get yeah. those going again in the offseason yeah. next year. Those will be exclusive to Patreon. More exclusive content for those Patreon members that are really pouring in their dollars to support this show uh, is on the way in the new year. That's going to be stronger. We're going to be, we think, even stronger and better, Alex and I, in this role. And we hope you guys will continue to show it with your increased viewership, listenership, and just support of this show, which already for those of you that have been with us for a year, if not years, has been incredible. So we thank you for another great year uh, of doing this show, and let's make it an even better one coming up in 2024. Alex, final words before we wrap up for the final time this year. Yeah, there's plenty of podcasts in, in the hockey and gambling world that you guys can go to and check out. But we're so grateful you come to check us out every single day that we're on. And it's just fantastic. Like I said, the, the love and, and support, like I said, we're all growing together with this. You know, the fact that when we come on the air, we're already seeing five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the show, people in the chat interacting and talking and sharing their opinions. And, and it's just it's the coolest thing to see. And, you know. They're, you know, people are, are predicting our plays before we even give them out, you know. So you guys have, have really been uh, super supportive. And they know us well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we call it an ice gas family for a reason because, uh, you know, we've all gotten to know each other and, and grow uh, with each other. And it's fantastic. It's a wonderful thing. And so looking for, like I said, we want to keep this thing rocking till the wheels fall off. And, uh, you know, with your guys' support, we can keep the lights on and, and get things rolling and keep bringing you, like I said, all the content. We work for you guys. So we bring you guys all the content. We do our best to bring you the winners each and every day. And uh, we, we appreciate the support and, and the love most definitely. So uh, thank you. And let's uh, rock it into 2024. And that's what we plan on doing. Absolutely. And with that in mind, we are ra wrapping it up for the very final time here in 2023. And now you love when a plan comes together. We started this show an hour earlier so that we could be done in time for the NFL, and we will be. So you just love it when a plan comes together like that. Uh, great stuff. Shout out to everyone one more time. We appreciate and love you guys so much for your support of this show. It means everything to us. We can't do it without you. It's that simple. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Another year in the books for Alex B. Smith. I'm Ian Cameron. Happy New Year. Enjoy the night. Stay safe. Party it up, but stay safe. Be smart. Yes, uh, yes. And make sure you're back with us on Tuesday. Remember, we're off tomorrow. We are back on Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for our first Ice Guys show of 2024. Uh, looking forward to that. Until then, happy New Year, everybody. See you on the other side. <laughs>